Welcome to Let's Talk Family Law, your source for how to navigate the financial and legal implications of divorce, custody, asset division, and adoption. This podcast series is created and produced by Weber Gallagher. Visit us at wglaw.com. This program should not be considered legal advice. Please consult our attorneys for your specific situation. And now, here are our hosts. I want to welcome everybody. My name is Carolyn Mirabili, and I am the managing partner of the Family Law Practice Group for Weber Gallagher. Today, our group is going to be presenting on the LGBTQIA Awareness in Family Law in Light of the Dobbs Decision, What You Need to Know. Uh, the other topic that uh, I'd like to talk about today is uh, child custody. And there's a couple of concepts relative to uh, uh, child custody in same-sex uh, couples that uh, we need to understand. The first one uh, is, is, is something called uh, in loco parentis, which basically means uh, in the place of a parent. And uh, the second one is something called standing. And standing in a lawsuit is the ability to bring the lawsuit and uh, uh, you need to have some sort of a stake in the, in, the, in the outcome for a court to recognize that you have standing. Now, a lot of, of, of what's called third-party custody cases, that became more and more uh, uh, open and the, 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 the courts and the legislature have become more open to third-party custody cases involving grandparents, involving step-parents, Invo involving either same-sex marriages or uh, committed relationships where the parties were not married. That uh, goes back to some amendments to a statute in Pennsylvania that was enacted in 2018. And uh, uh, the cases and the statutes seem to uh, focus on this concept of, as I said, in loco parentis, which means in the place of a parent. So the question with in loco parentis is, uh, does the party that is asserting the right to custody and wants to have custody of this child, did, that, did, did the one parent of the child abdicate his or her parental rights? And on the other side, did that third party accept that role of a parent? And uh, these cases, not only these cases are fact specific, but I'm sure my two colleagues will tell anybody that asks them that just about all custody cases are very, very fact specific. So uh, the appellate decisions that I looked at, looked at whether or not um, uh, the, 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 the child uh, and the parent seeking custody who is other than the biological parent lived with the child as a natural parent in a family setting and developed a relationship with the child as a result of the participation and acquiescence of the natural parent. So uh, everybody has to you know, agree that this party is in fact the parent and uh, has acted as the parent, you know, sat there on the sidelines at the soccer games in the rain and, uh, you know, went to the school conferences and got up in the middle of the night when the kid was throwing up, all that, all that kind of stuff. I mean, if you're doing all that kind of stuff and, you know, you're in a family relationship with uh, uh, two parents and a child or two children, uh, it, it sure seems like from the case law that, uh, that, uh, that, the, that uh, you have standing to bring a custody action. And uh, uh, one parent tried to argue in a case that I uh, pulled that, uh, that 
a biological parent stood a leg up on the non-biological parent, the third party, if you will, uh, and therefore that party should uh, uh, have uh, primary physical custody, and the court said no, said that this person did stand in loco parentis, therefore uh, everything was uh, equal, and the court treated it just like any other custody case, and uh, uh, decided that the child would have 50-50 uh, custody with the two moms in this interest, in, in this instance. So, um, uh, as I said, custody is very much evolving. And the one thing to always remember about custody is it always revolves back to the concept of the best interest of the child. So if a child is raised in a situation where you have you know, two moms or two dads and they both act as parents, as any other couple raising uh, uh, a child, then uh, that child, it's best for that child to maintain a relationship with those two parents in sometimes maybe equal or uh, uh, the same way as, as, as I said, as the statute applies to uh, everybody the same, whether it's a heterosexual couple or a, uh, a same-sex couple. Now, there is another concept in Pennsylvania, which is that uh, it's called uh, uh, the uh, presumption of paternity. And uh, it kind of comes into play in custody of, uh, of, of same-sex couples, which is that, uh, particularly married same-sex couples, which is that if two parents, uh, or if, if there's two parents and they are married and there is a child born of the marriage, the child is presumed to be the parent or excuse me, the child of those two parents. Now, this comes up uh, in, in more in the heterosexual uh, realm, but uh, and I have not seen it in the same-sex couple realm yet, but it's probably coming, which is that let's say you have a, a man and a woman and they are married to each other, and the, uh, the woman has an extramarital affair and she gets pregnant and uh, she doesn't tell the husband that uh, she's pregnant by somebody else or that she was having a relationship with somebody else. If that child is born of that marriage and the, the husband in this instance raises the child as if it was his child, it is his child. It, uh, the whole uh, 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 DNA testing things uh, is of secondary importance because again, we go back to the best interest of the child. We have a child here who has been raised by two people who have held themselves out to be the child. And how fair is it to a child to say, hey, wait a second, that guy you always thought was your dad, he's not your dad and uh, 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 some other guy is. So uh, I think that there are implications for that for same-sex couples, which is that, as I said, uh, I, someone, there may either be uh, 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 some sort of uh, artificial means by which the child is born, but both uh, parties and both parents participate in the uh, in the birth of the child and the uh, the uh, the the in vitro if it is uh, process the child is born of the marriage as I read the law child is presumed to be the child of that marriage so um, that's uh, that's that's what I have on uh, on uh, child custody adoption and uh, my spin on uh, same-sex marriage you know, our audience can see that there's just so many um, legalities or, you know, issues that can arise just from this Dobbs decision, but also what might happen if there's a change um, to the Pennsylvania Constitution, if there's legislation, if there's cases that come down, 
and that you certainly would need guidance from an attorney that can navigate the family law uh, system in helping you make those decisions on what you could do to protect your rights and responsibilities. Thank Thanks. you very much. And we invite anyone to look at our um, webpage as well as our blogs that we post and our articles. Um, if you want any other further information, you can reach out to either one of us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Let's Talk Family Law, presented by Weber Gallagher. We hope you join us next time to learn more about how to navigate the financial and legal implications of divorce, custody, asset division, and adoption. Until then, please visit us at wglaw.com.